Hey guys, and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we are doing the Wonder Years Ultimate Playlist, where we discuss the history of the pop punk band, the Wonder Years. We discuss uh, track by track. We we went through and did uh, 20 songs, uh, 10 songs each between me and my friend Chaz, uh, where we bare our souls. Uh, we get to talk about uh, a, a band that's very influential to us, uh, huge songs, huge through uh, our 20s and 30s. And, you know, I think everyone and their that's been a part of the pop punk world in the last 10, 15 years know all about the Wonder Years. So we're really excited to talk about it. So without further ado, the Wonder Years Ultimate Playlist. Right, guys we're here we're doing the wonder years ultimate playlist and i have a special guest with me this week chaz way hey everybody so uh chaz was actually uh helping me a lot with the jaded january playlist and we are two spiritual twins and we love emo music and so yeah i'm so appreciative for you coming on buddy oh man i'm super pumped uh really thankful that you and kevin trusted me to come on and not be absolutely atrocious so i'm excited you're not going to be atrocious i can guarantee you <laughs> you just at one point you have to say i don't know man it's just so fucking good and then you'll be just like kevin <laughs> i think i actually almost have that word for word in my notes on one of the songs <laughs> good good <laughs> um so yeah let i i kind of wanted to get your your background on the wonder year it's like when did you when did you catch them? When did you start listening to them? Um, yeah, did you, what's your history with the Wonder Years? Um, I kind of missed the early stages of the Wonder Years and got into them around 2015. And then absolutely fell in love with them. And they've been one of my favorite bands since then. Um, but... I never got to be the guy that was like, yo, let me show you this new band, The Wonder Years. You're going to love them. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's interesting. So you got in right around, um, no closer to heaven. Yeah. Okay. And who showed you, showed you them? Uh, I think they just came up as a related artist one day to really? whoever I was listening to. Yeah. Dang. That's interesting. Wow. So the, this is going to be fun because I got in right around the first, like, suburbia around 2011 when I was graduating high school. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I think there were a couple singles from suburbia that I heard, and then I worked my way to the upsides, and I was obsessed with the upsides and suburbia for the longest time. And so I had a hard time with some of the newer releases because, you know, do you, it's – it's the age old, like, I love it because I heard it first. So, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I really am glad you, you got in later because you got to pick some of the later stuff that maybe I have rose tinted goggles for the older stuff and you are better at showing me the new stuff. So I'm excited. 
Yeah, same. It'll be a good mix. Um, so I'm gonna just give us some some background on the the Wonder Years. Uh, they're obviously they're a pop punk band. They've been around uh, since 2005. They were formed in 2005 out of the remnants of an old Lansdale, Pennsylvania band called the Premier. Um, the Wonder Years practice was in Mike Kennedy's basement on July 5th, 2005. Who's their drummer? And on that day, they wrote their first song titled Buzz Aldrin, the poster boy for second place. Great song name right out the gate. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we have a uh, like a shared notes app, and we've never written anything lyrically that even gets close to that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we should delete the app to throw our phones in the garbage. <laughs> uh, so the first... Um, in the first two years, uh, there were two split EPs with other local bands that were released. Um, one was with a band called Emergency and I, uh, released in 2005. Um, that And these songs were used later on in their Get Stoked On It album, which we're going to talk about. Uh, the second split was uh, with a band called Bangarang, and also had songs that were re-recorded for Get Stoked On It. Um, I know Get Stoked On It is a very sore subject for uh, Soupy. It's not something they really like talking about or even acknowledge most of the time. Um, and The Wonder Years were signed to No Sleep Records in 2007. Uh, no Sleep Records it was huge for uh, local bands getting started. Uh, there's so many big bands that have come from uh, No Sleep. And after completing their first tour of the United Kingdom with Never So True, the Wonder Years recorded their first full-length studio album, Get Stoked On It. And it was released on October 30th, 2007. And uh, they kind of exploded after that. Um, and in 2008, they released an EP titled Won't Be Pathetic Forever. And in March 2009, uh, they released an EP, and a split EP with, titled Distances with... Uh, a UK pop band, pop punk band called All or Nothing. The split consisted of only two songs by the Wonder Years, and all of these songs that have been mentioned were later released in 2013 as a big collection called uh, Sleeping on Trash, a collection of songs recorded 2005 to 2010. And they, I, I don't know if you listen to those and enjoy them, but for the most part, I'm. I like hearing it because it sounds like a like a garage band almost. Yeah, it it does. And I didn't know the history on that at all. I've always loved that collection album, but I just thought it was songs that they wrote and recorded but never wanted to do anything with. And then you get popular, you know, some bands go back and re-release stuff. Uh, but that's really neat. Uh, yeah, and, and and in terms of get stoked on it, it's like one of those cult classic things. Um, Twenty One Pilots had something similar. They had an album called Regional at Best, and it was something they self produced. And then when they got signed to a major record label, they basically re recorded like seven of those songs. So um, in terms of get stoked on it, Soupy has been outspoken about his disappointment in the the band's first album. And in twenty twelve, he said, "In our opinion, this record is a train wreck." Uh, Chris paid to get it remastered forever ago, and we kept trying to put off its inevitable re-release. He and I agreed that since it's already available digitally, that no real harm can come of swapping out the old mixes with the better-sounding ones, as long as it never gets pressed on physical form again. <laughs> <laughs> that's some strong disdain. Um, that really is. Uh, that's the long and short of it. If you like the record, enjoy the new mixes. If you hate the record, I'm on your side. 
We won't be playing any of these songs live in support of this. We don't even consider it a re-release. Just swap it out for a better mix. Um, <laughs> so it's it's funny, too, because it's easy to sit here and be like, well, you put it out. Why do you hate on it? I would be sick if I had to listen to stuff or music that I wrote when I was like 18 to 22. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh it's it's disgusting when you go back and look at the stuff you did artistically as a kid. <laughs> yeah, you thought you were being like clever or funny or whatever, but it's just yeah. When you, and I think they always called themselves a joke band. So when they did the upsides, I think that was the first time they took themselves very seriously. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, the first track we're going to talk about because we've we've drafted twenty tracks. We did it over text message. Um. It would have been fun to record it, but we just didn't have the time. Um, so we're going to go through kind of uh, album by album, and we're going to talk about each of our picks kind of av- as we go. And my first pick was Won't Be Pathetic but Forever from the Won't Be Pathetic Forever EP from 2009. So I want to know your your thoughts first, Chaz. Um, so, uh, well, my first thought goes along with my first thought overall for your picks. I feel like you picked all the classic pop punk bangers that they produced, and I picked all the like weird, sad, poetic songs. Yes. Uh, and straight out the gate with Won't Be Pathetic Forever. It's just like you're 19, you moved out with your friends for the first time, you're working some shitty second shift job that you hate, you're drinking your life away, you think that's the point of life, you hate the town you live in, but you love it on some nights. Like It's just the, a classic that era of life song. Yes, this is like almost more than they ever were. Like pop punk and pizza and like all the like stereotypes of pop punk. This song is very much that. But I think it's fun because it has some chants, some some gang vocals and <clears throat> uh there's some there's something still kind of poignant about it. Like it's kind of just giving you a day in the life. Like he's too lazy to even get up and change the TV even though it's on <laughs> Mad TV. Like that shit's so funny to me. Um, but still at the end, he, he kind of just lays it all out there. Like I have to do something different. I have to give my life meaning. And I remember there was a day I was working in sales and I heard that and I was like, he's right. Like I have to do something else. And that's kind of how I got into the profession I'm in now because I was like, I feel the same way. Like I dread everything and I hate everything. I want my life to have some meaning and I just want to be someone that changes something. And that was like, after that, it changed my whole life. So that sounds a little dramatic, but this song was kind of the kickstart to me thinking about my life and what I wanted to do with it. Yeah. I I actually have almost the same experience with that part of the song. Uh, so I don't think it's dramatic at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like going from being a pastor to not believing that any of that's real. I was like, I just want to do something that like matters physically, like changes somebody's life in a tangible way. Yeah. So I definitely get that. And I think that line it's just, and it's just slipped in there. Like they didn't make it the chorus. They're not chanting it. It's just slipped in at the end. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. And the song just stands. He's like anything. And it's like, dun, dun. it's songs over. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, and if that's your first exposure to like how serious they can get, you're probably like, well, that was something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, you ready to move into the upsides? Yeah. Okay. So the upsides. This is... I don't even know if I can state how big this is, even though it didn't do well monetarily. Like this started a whole subgenre of of pop punk and emo. Um, but the upsides was released on January twenty sixth, twenty ten. Uh, it sold eighteen fifty two units in its first week, landing it on Billboard charts number five on the alternative list, number nine on top new artist, number twenty six on top internet album and number 43 on indie label album. Uh, they released a deluxe edition of the upsides on September 21st, 2010, which is the one I bought on iTunes. I didn't know any other way because that's the only <laughs> way they sold it. Um, and it had four titles uh, that I, I really, really like. Uh, I was scared and I'm sorry. We won't bury you. Uh, the campfire version of dynamite shovel shovel. And Logan Circle, A New Hope. Um, and We Won't Bury You was written about their best friend, Mike Pallone, who was uh, in the band Emergency and I, who they did a split with, and he died, I want to say, of an accidental drug overdose. or maybe I don't, I don't want to say with confidence, but he died in August 2010. I wonder, is that... They have a couple songs about uh, a friend that died, and they reference drugs. Yeah, if it's if it's related to the same scenario, the same guy ish. I want to say it is. There's there's a lot of um, especially in No Closer to Heaven. It's almost a whole album about about that kind of stuff. So I don't know if yeah. that's that spe- specific situation, but I think it's all kind of related. Yeah, because I mean, even people I went to high school with, there's probably seven or eight people that have died from overdoses that I can, oh, yeah. I can think of. So yeah, it's same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, track, uh, track number two, we're going to talk about from the upsides is mine again. Sorry for, for, uh, picking it that way. I get three in a row and then you get three in a row. <laughs> uh, so everything I own fits in this backpack. What do you think about it? Uh, Again, and I'm going to say this a lot on a lot of your picks, but my first note is uh, just classic The Wonder Years off the rip for Big Dill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just like we said on the last song, like it's this pop punk banger the whole way through, and then they just drop these banger deep lines at the end, and the song ends. And yes. you're like, what? This, I was like chain and jumping around, and then you got to drop something heavy on me. Like, what is happening with this band? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the fun guy who, like, every now and then he still kind of just drops a little, like, inconvenient truth or something about himself. <laughs> like, oh, dude, is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, there's something about this song that I always enjoyed because it felt like he was, like, moving his shit out of his place with his girlfriend because it get re- it re- gets referenced a lot in um the upsides and suburbia just kind of that whole transition of living with someone and then figuring your shit out alone and yeah. um yeah just something about the way he talks about a day in the life and i think that's what i i like his slice of life songs especially early on it felt like even though it's so specific it felt like it was so relatable in that way like 
you don't know who these people are specifically, but you have friends that it reminds you of. And um, I'm trying to think of the lyric. Um, <laughs> I'm not... I, I'm not fond of South Philly or how my li- neighbors love ICP. Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyone that's ever lived in an apartment can relate to that. Like, oh, God, they're playing insane clown posse. Awful. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. And uh, going from, like, that line uh, to the end, uh, we just we got to say what the lyrics are at the end. Yeah. It took almost 13 months for me to be where I feel fine. I'm not as sad as I let myself believe sometimes. Like, yeah, that is so true for all the sad emo boys out there. You get in your head, you get down, and then you're like, man, am I really this sad? Or am I making myself sadder? (laughs) Yeah. Am I sad or have I not distracted myself enough lately? (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, that kind of plays perfectly into my next track, which is Hostels and Brothels. Um I think it's one of my favorite early early on Wonder Years songs because it's another slice of life song and I really loved like the whole just explaining why he's so down and he calls his dad and he's like I don't know what to do and his dad just like is reassuring which is great and like the whole song is kind of just how distracted and all the stuff they begin into and all the dumb shit that's going on while they're on tour uh, out in what are they in Leeds? Is that what he says? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. And just kind of, it's um, it's being nourished back to life by life alone. Like that's the essence of this song. And I, I've always loved the whole like, I call my dad. I'm unbalanced and weak. And then at the end, he's like, I woke up and today it felt a little lighter. And I guess my dad was right. It was like the whole song is just him kind of figuring his shit out and like finding good moments in the day to feel better about life. And to hear that when I was 19, I was like, damn, finally, I don't, this song doesn't even articulate it, but it just like gives you something to listen to and feel like I a hundred percent get what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, completely agree. I mean, my notes are basically what you just said. And then I have a little note that says, boy do i love group chants because they just slip them in on this song and it's not like the group chant isn't the main point of the song but it's just slipped in and it's so beautiful yes they were so, they were so good at it in this album um even in won't be pathetic forever where they're like i fucking love this town they're all chanting and then i say i fucking hate this town like, yeah <laughs> yeah there's somebody in the band that has like a super deep voice and I love it when he yells. Yeah. I think it's that big, tall guy that looks like Kevin. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when we saw him at Ohio's for Lovers Fest, I kept sending Kevin pictures of that guy playing <laughs> guitar. And he's Did like, you? ha-ha, bald guy with a beard. Looks like me. I get it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so track number four is Melrose Diners from The Upside. And that's yours, so I'll let you take the head on that. Oh, man, this one for me was like, we all had that uh, boyfriend or girlfriend in high school or like just after high school, you break up with, you go back to, you break up with, you go back to, and it's just the classic song for that, where you're together and you're like, man, this sucks being together with this person. Let's break up. And then as soon as you break up, you're like, man, 
we were so good together. I really miss them, but you just haven't grown enough to realize what's happening. <laughs> uh, and he just says it so perfect for that. And again, group chance. It's beautiful. My friends all say he's just a broke dick version of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what great friends he has. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, do you think this inspired modern baseball? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Because this I... is like a modern baseball song. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I, I have like I've go back and forth whether I love or hate this song sometimes because sometimes it feels like a little, I and I, maybe this was like me thinking I was too good for the upsides for a while, but I always thought like, well, this song's like immature compared to their other stuff. But this is a fun song, and it's probably the. the least like heavy song we're going to talk about today and it's kind of (laughs) fun that it's like i'm just trying to figure out if this girl likes me or if she likes the guy she's actually saying or like i can't believe my self-worth is all tied up in this girl that hardly likes me and i don't even really like her (laughs) you know he hates all these things about her but he could still use her around like everyone's been there like you're you're pining over a girl you don't even really like and you're not sure why yeah yeah, and like you said, it is probably the lightest song of R20. Yeah, because <laughs> from here on out, folks, we're getting sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm glad you finally got your pick out of the way. I mean, yeah, thanks for letting me talk for one. Still, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're twenty we're twenty minutes in. I'll let you have a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, Suburbia, I've given you all, and now I'm nothing uh, from 2011. It was released on June 14th, uh, and it was released on Hopeless Records. It was inspired by the poem um, America by Allen Ginsberg, as well as the band's life following the release of The Upsides. Uh, the record charted at number 73 on the Billboard Top 200, the week of its release selling 8,100 copies. 73 on Billboard 200 seems very high. Yeah, that's really surprising. And also, Allen Ginsberg gets mentioned in this album, and I can't remember when, but after I read that, I was like, damn, yeah, he he wants to be the Allen Ginsberg of this generation without the sal- sadness, without the salad madness or vision. I guess it's looking hopeless. Um, I sounded like Rain Man just now, just like recounting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, uh, and now I'm nothing, is when he mentions it, but Okay. Irregardless, um, there's Suburbia I've Given You All, Now I'm Nothing from 2011. They did a a deluxe re-release, which we're going to talk about songs from both of those. So the first one you got is Came Out Swinging. Oh, man. So this was one of my only picks that I felt like was a quintessential The Wonder Years song. Just a pop punk, moshing song. Uh, crowd screaming the lyrics, everyone jumping, the energy is just palpable in the crowd. Um, I think I would put it as possibly a top 10 best pop punk songs ever. 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 I would 100% agree. Um, and then again, and I, I kind of hate that I'm saying the same thing, but they just throw these little lines in there. Uh, that are so deep inside these pop punk songs. Uh, I spent the winter writing songs about getting better. And if I'm being honest, I'm getting there. 
Like I love the idea of writing songs about a healthier version of yourself and then looking back on it and realizing, hey, I kind of have become that healthier version of myself. That's just a neat uh, imagery. Yeah, it's like he's he's speaking it into existence and like came out swinging, I think, is the track number one for Suburbia. So like, yeah, after having the upsides and this is our first exposure, like where he's been since then. And it kind of feels like he's emerging from the cave and is like, I did it. Like, I'm coming out swinging. I'm going to fucking be better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to take the world by storm. And that's the perfect song. It's the perfect way to start an album, which Suburbia might be top 10 pop punk albums ever. Oh, I would definitely put it on there. Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel better saying it now. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> we're, we're making hot takes today, Dill. Yeah. No, no pedging your bets today. No. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it comes to suburbia. Um, yeah, I love that line, and I've stuck to that a lot. Like, I, I feel like every time it starts getting cold, I'm like, I'm going to spend the winter trying to get better because of this song, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you actually get another pick, which is I Won't Say the Lord's Prayer. Oh, man. All right. We're bringing it down now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this. Man, this whole song, I could talk about every line of it, but the, the lyrics. Think you're only good if you're scared of being punished. And I refuse to spend life on my knees. I won't let somebody else make my decisions for me. When I was leaving the Christian faith and all of that, uh, it felt really alone. And I didn't think that anybody else felt that way, you know, which I think everybody goes through that phase. If you're raised Christian or Catholic, and then you kind of work your way out of it, you find yourself there at some point. And hearing this band that I fell in love with say those words, I was like, oh, my God, other people feel this way? Like, that's how I feel inside. But I thought I was the only one. And I thought I was crazy for it because I'm surrounded by Christians in Hickville, Ohio. <laughs> but apparently it's okay. Like, they normalized it for me. Uh, and it went a long way to helping me accept leaving the faith. That's that's awesome because I I skipped this song for such a long time because... I didn't want to hear it. I was like, this is blasphemy. Like, the, it was before you, I mean, I heard it in 2012, maybe 2011. So, like, I was like, why would he say these things? Like, it's so unfounded. It's so not true. And the older you get, the more you're like, damn, is this the best song on the album? Is this the... It's like, it's like that text you sent me when you were at the concert the other day and you said, every new band that comes on, I'm like, is this the best band I've ever heard? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, like, this song is probably the most brutal song at religion. And I think if you grow up in the Bible Belt, you can you can uh, understand his perspective because he kind of talks about things in the city that he sees and hears all the time. Like, church bells wake me up, but it's not it's never enough to pull me out of bed. Like, yeah, it's like it's everywhere and it's all consuming. And, like, he feels like an outsider because of it, but, like, he's not going to— He's going to dig his heels in because he basically thinks, fuck that. And it is empowering for people to hear that, that don't feel that way. You know, like 
there's plenty of people out there that are the uh, stand on the other side of the fence. So to have someone in your corner and having a song that you can identify with is is huge. Yeah, absolutely. When when the other side is the normal status quo way to live, it's so nice to hear something that's the other side. And not just like fuck that, fuck that. It's kind of like I'm thinking about this critically and this is what I think and you know, I'm not going to just bow down. I'm not going to listen to whatever, but there's something really um empowering about it for sure. Yeah, I also think uh this song is where i started to or i could see how his writing style kind of started to change over the years he gets very poetic driven in the song and you can see that especially in like sister cities it's basically all poems um and i think that's kind of neat that you can point back to this and see that kind of progress throughout the years yeah and i think we're not going to talk about it much today, but the Aaron West stuff definitely pushed that as well. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Because I think the first Aaron West release was around after this album, I want to say. I'm going to look it up real quick. 2014. And the first release was called You Ain't No Saint. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i it is interesting to see the turn because it's been mostly pop punk up to this point with some some stuff that you're like hell yeah hell yeah i feel that brother and then you get a song like this and then you're like oh my, my shoulders are a little slumped i can't mosh, i can't mosh to this i have to listen to what he's saying um but i'm gonna kick up the tempo again for a minute call for uh don't let me cave in um I'm going to say this and Me Versus the Highway go back and forth for my favorite Wonder Years song. Um, just the imagery that gets put on here, just like, I don't know, just like fighting back how you really feel in front of someone that you know is has hurt your feelings and like trying not to implode. Just like the whole song is just fighting implosion. And I don't know. There's something really beautiful about it. Like without ever, it doesn't really explicitly say or talk about what he's going through, but you kind of just can fill the gaps with your mind or put your own personal experience in there. Yeah. That's a, that's one of the things I like about the song the most too, is that he doesn't tell you what it is. So whatever you're going through in life is just able to fit perfectly. You don't have to stretch it or change it in your head. It's just, it perfectly fits uh, so many scenarios. Yeah. You got anything else for Don't Let Me Cave In? Um, it's small, but I like the line, I tried to make a life in the Midwest, but the Rust Belt keeps breaking promises. I just I yeah. just love that because, you know, like uh, you and I, we're kind of stuck here with our jobs. It would be a lot to move somewhere else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there comes a day when you rectify who you are with who you want to be with, and I can't make the two things coexist. 
Yeah, that one. That's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's some slam poetry for people that <laughs> want their feelings hurt. <laughs> Which both of us want our feelings hurt constantly, oh, 100%. apparently. <laughs> uh, so my last track that we have from Suburbia comes from the actual uh, deluxe called Me Vs. The Highway, speaking of songs that um, are going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> um, this is I. I'm gonna say it's my favorite Wonder Years song because it's a deep cut. Usually, when you tell people like, "What's your favorite Wonder Years song?" There's something that you love saying like, "I love a song that's from a deluxe version from an album 11 years ago." But this song is so. You're right. Like this is where we start to get poetic, man. Like, um, there's he talks about like how he used to see graffiti on the side of a highway and he used to like romanticize it. Now he's getting older and he like, he's not finding that spark that he had. And like it, he kind of also relates it to how he felt about this girl and like how all his memories are wrapped into like when they were in a basement and naked together. And now it's like so weird to think about where they're at compared to where they were. And like, it's fucking beautiful. And like you get a verse instrumental break verse two and then the chorus and that's Mm -hmm. such a fun structure to a song that makes you think like you don't know where it's coming you only get the verse once uh, besides at the very end you get it another time and i just thought it was it's definitely the song i would show someone first even if it doesn't really represent who they are as a band yeah uh hot picks ain't favorite song bone years ever but we're doing hot picks today. So yeah, yeah. Have we have we done your favorite so far? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. It'll, yeah, no, we haven't. Okay, okay. Uh, I also I love the line in this song, and I think it fits both of us so perfectly. Um, only I could find a way to make a year I hated seem nostalgic. Like the I can't year say I had goodbye. last year, and the year you're having currently. Uh, we're both going to look back on it with nostalgia, and that is not the correct thing to do. <laughs> and I don't know why we're going to do it, but we're going to. I can romanticize anything, okay? I can do it. <laughs> Damn, that's so true. Ah, Yeah, I think I've written that down a couple times when I heard it. I'm like, so it's not just me. And I think I've... We like the Wonder Years because we we connect we connect with him spiritually. He's our he's our brother without knowing it. Oh, most definitely, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got anything more for Suburbia? Nope. Okay. So we're moving on to the Greatest Generation from 2013. Um, prior to the release of the Greatest Generation, the band played four shows in a span of 24 hours to promote the album. I remember that it was crazy. I think they traveled too. Like they played a couple in Philly. I can't remember where all they went, but it was like, that is a lot of work for, and they, you know, the guys, like they do a lot of hard shit. Like they played the upsides and suburbia in full, which which you went to, right? Yeah. And it was amazing. And how you can play 24 songs every night and then play the B sides. (laughs) <laughs> crazy and there's four openers before like they were out of yeah. their mind out of their mind yeah 
but they they're going to commit to it. Um, the Wonder Years released their fourth LP, The Greatest Generation, on May fourteenth, two thousand thirteen, uh, via Hopeless Records. Uh, first week sales of The Greatest Generation more than doubled the sales of Suburbia, with a total of nineteen thousand six hundred seventy three copies sold. And these sales place the album at number twenty on the Billboard Top two hundred. Dang. So yeah, I I remember it being like. When it came out, there was a, I followed a bunch of like music articles, like websites and stuff, and they were like, "The Greatest Generation is appropriately titled. This is going to be the pop punk album that everyone remembers." So, um, yeah, let's talk about your first pick, "Passing Through a Screen Door." Oh man, uh, this would be up there for my top pick. It's not, but it's it's close. Um. The whole, God, the whole mindset of like looking for escape routes and looking for issues before there are even issues or a need for escape routes in relationships, friendships, jobs, like your whole life is just, that hits home so hard. Um, Have you ever looked at the the song title and saw what they were trying to do with the acronym? No. PTSD. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> no. I only know that because I was like on the forefront of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember someone was like passing through a screen door and they like highlighted all the letters and I was like, damn, there's codes everywhere. I thought it was fucking Da Vinci code there for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. No, I never thought of that. Uh, what? It's perfect. Because I have in my notes uh, a description of PTSD, uh, and because of previous trauma, I think that I know you'll do the same to me. So let me find an issue first and end this before I get hurt. Yes. Yeah, um, and feeling like you're falling behind because everyone around you is like moving on, having kids, getting married, and you're like, I'm not doing any of that, and I don't have plans of doing any of that. Like. Am, like did i fuck all my life up and is it am i too far gone and it's weird to hear him say that at at 26 because like i remember feeling that at 26 being like damn i feel that and now i'm 30 i'm like damn i'm really falling behind you know <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh very much so uh i kind of feel like i restarted my life over last year at 32 uh and this song hit hard uh with that line and then there's another line in here. I don't want my kids growing up to be anything like me. God, that's such a painful line. Uh, and, you know, I didn't want kids for so long. And part of the reason was I was scared that they would have the same struggles I did all my life. And when I heard that, I was like, God, why has he got to, why has he got to put that in a song? Like, <laughs> don't yeah. make me face this. <laughs> all the kids' names I've ever liked are clouded or shrouded in tragedy and i don't want my kids to be anything like me like being yeah. calling himself a tragedy <laughs> oh, damn i love it though <laughs> um we're gonna get a little bit lighter even though it sounds dramatic um for my pick a rain dance and traffic um it's super upbeat which is probably the first song in a, in a couple songs we've had that like i guess passing through a screen door jumps but Raindance and Traffic is, it felt like it was like their like 
the perfect crossroads of that pop punk and like still got that really good sound and it i don't know they're, they're it's probably their most like structurally sound pop punk song to date um and just like I'm fantasizing about doing a rain dance in traffic is so dramatic that it like <laughs> it's the first line and it catches your your attention and calling yourself call, titling the album the greatest generation then like it feels like 1929 and I'm on the verge of the great collapse and yeah like it's just a really great way to set up this whole album and set up that that line and I love this song um I don't know what what do you think uh yeah I, I had this song on my list as well uh so i was pretty happy when you picked it uh, also i love the line the fighter in me must have died a long time ago i must have been watching his ghost just going through the motions like man uh, i feel like we've all been there if you've struggled with like any mental health stuff there's been a point in it where you just feel like you're going through the motions you, you you've given up the ghost you know and it's just so beautiful how he puts that. Yeah. And I think when you snap out of it, you're like, how long have I been on autopilot? Like, how long yeah. have I just, like, been ceasing to exist? Yeah. Do you ever do that on your drive home? Yeah. From work? You just you, you pull in your driveway and you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> did I obey all traffic laws on my way? <laughs> yeah. That, the disassociation is such a... And again, he didn't like put it all out there. He just kind of described it. And you're like, I know what you're talking about, my my friend. I know it. Yeah. 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 Um, the devil in my bloodstream, Chaz. This is my favorite song. Heck yeah. Actually, on the Discord, I got a lot of love, too, from Kevin's brother, Ben. Um, yeah? Yeah. He said... Let me see. You can go ahead and talk, and I'll find it. Um. So I love how poetic he gets in this, just in general, uh, on the first, I guess, half of the song. Just talking about death and depression, and the way he describes it is just, just pure poetry. And then, but when it fucking kicks... And you're not expecting it to like you're thinking it's gonna be one of their down tempo sad songs the whole way through and then it kicks in with i bet i'd be a fucking coward i'd never have the guts for war god that's so good it hits so hard because you're not expecting it yes and uh i just remember the first time i listened to it i was sitting there thinking about like every generation before me has fought in some war and i'm the only dickhead that hasn't and i was like man that like I hope I wouldn't be a coward and I hope I'd have the guts for war, but I don't fucking know. Do I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's an interesting, and it, that song is the uh, devil. In My bloodstream is like how your grandpa was like overridden by, or his grandpa was overridden by depression and he's got the same blood coursing through his veins. And like, it's kind of yeah. scary that like, you know, the greatest generation had the guts for war, but they also had their own demons. And like, I have my own demons and I'm not even dealing with war, you know? Like, that, <laughs> So it's, it's a really interesting look at like, maybe my mind's just not occupied enough and maybe, I don't know. But um, yeah, Ben says, 
this is his favorite song from the list. So, hey! uh, the slow start is fire. Dude has a great voice. It's got the constant emo angsty tone, yet is incredibly soothing somehow. Uh, yeah, when that I bet I'd be a fucking coward comes in, that gives me chills because oh, same. some super somber shit is said. Like, like I've got the same blood coursing through my veins. Like, that is terrifying to know, like, there's <laughs> depression and stuff in your bloodline. Like, that's, that's scary. Um, but yeah, great, great pick. And it is a top tier song, especially in the, the later half of their career. Yeah. Um, yeah. You ready to move on to No Closer to Heaven? Sure. Okay. Uh, not a whole lot on No Closer to Heaven. It was released on September 4th, 2015 via Hopeless Records, around the time Chaz discovered them. Uh, the lead singles from the album were Cigarettes and Saints, Cardinals, and I Don't Like Who I Was Then, which we're going to cover two of those three. Um, so yeah, let's start with um, I Don't Like Who I Was Then from No Closer to Heaven, which is your pick. Uh, yeah, I felt like this song for me is Chaz in therapy, you know, working on myself to be better. I've admitted all these issues I have. I'm facing them. I'm facing the uh, devil in my bloodstream, the stuff passed down to me, the stuff done to me as a kid that I had no control over. Like I'm, I'm finally dealing with it all, trying to be better. And it's kind of hard to look back. Well, it's one, it's hard just to face all those things, but it's also hard to look back on your younger self and not hate it. You know, you have to get to a point where you can look back and be like, man, that guy didn't know what he was doing. He was kind of a shit bag, but it's okay because he was just a young kid and he didn't know. But we're getting better. We're doing better. Um, and I just, I love that that song is in here. Because it represents that change in your life for me. Yeah. I think I'm growing into someone you could trust. Um, like I, it, it implies that like he didn't even trust himself. And yeah. I, I, when this song came out, I remember like I had been single for a while and like I was ready to get back out there and start dating. And like, I think I even put that on Facebook, which is an awful thing to have done. <laughs> But I remember putting like I think I'm going into someone you could trust. I put I put that on my Facebook status. Um, but it was just like a, a like a maybe I've been destructive and like I've maybe I've not been the best person. But I'm I'm think I'm ready to be that kind of person that that you can trust. And that there's something like this is an uplifting song because it's like it's kind of like the uh, we got back to the upsides where it's like damn it, we're going to do it. We're going to be better. You know, like <laughs> I want to shoulder the weight to my back breaks. Like I want to take on the fucking world. And I think <laughs> anyone that's, that deals with like um, any kind of mental health stuff, like you have good days and you have bad days. And this is a really good day because you, yeah. you're making a lot of promises about who, the person you're going to be <laughs> and who you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also going to scour your Facebook for that post and screenshot it if I can find it <laughs> and print it off. <laughs> yeah. It'll be my memoir. Just <laughs> Dylan's awful Facebook posts. The years. <laughs> um, no Closer to Heaven is the next pick, which is yours as well. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, 
this is just a you know kind of a down tempo chill emo sad boy song um but i love the poetry in it i love just the way he's describing uh feels like the day before something important the first snow of the season that sticks like yeah that's just such an image like Every year, the first snow that sticks, there's just there's like an excitement in your bones, even if you're old and you hate the snow and it's annoying and it's cold and you hate everything. There's still some kind of excitement that brings back to like being a little kid on a snow day. It's just, God, it's such a strong image. Yeah, I love the line, like, no matter where I've been, the future feels bright. The glow of the city out across the Great Plains, with the closer I get, the further I feel away. I can stay here in the darkness. Feels like I'm wandering in circles for days. We never reach the gates. I'll keep walking away. I'm no closer to heaven. Yeah. Yeah, it's just beautiful. That's some Walt Whitman shit right there, son. (laughs) 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 And I guess I never realized how poetic it really got in the later years. Uh, It's not as easy to sing along or like jam to, but it is uh, way more poignant than it used to be. Yeah. I love it. Um, we're gonna kick it up now. You ready? The bluest thing on earth. Ooh, from the I like it. The first note, you know, this song is gonna be up tempo, and there's something that like almost scared me the first time I heard the vocals on this. Um, he it has to like be a a pain in the ass to sing this song live because <laughs> his voice sounds so frayed, especially in the chorus. Like, turn off the lights. Like, yeah. By the time he gets there, it's like he's already spent. So I don't know how he does it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I forgot how much I really loved this song until we started digging in and fighting over picks. And I was like, I need this song because I I want to listen to it for the next week. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of my notes on this one were music focused as well. Uh, I love how busy the drummer is the whole time. Like just constant little pop punk fills. Like it's not it's not over dramatic or overdone, but that dude is just busy back there beating up that set. Um, and then that slinky little guitar breakdown towards the end. What? Yes. Where'd that come from? It's it's so good. It's so unexpected, which makes it even better. Um, and then you have the slinky little guitar breakdown, and then that you have that pop punk rhythm guitar come back in. It's so cool. Yes. And I don't think we've talked almost anything besides lyrical content, but yeah, there <laughs> Mike Kennedy the drummer goes fucking ham. Yeah. He, even on songs he doesn't have to. Like when we when we're going to get into Burst and Decay here in a minute, like bro, you're you're going too hard for an acoustic track. <laughs> but I I even got to see him live and for that acoustic tour and he doesn't take a breath. He's like if I'm going to be up here, I'm going to do it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that is interesting that we both decided to talk about it because we don't share notes. So yeah, that was. It is probably the most, um, the the best instrumental song that we have in the later half. Um, and then we also have "Cigarettes and Saints," which is oh man, uh, the lead single off this album. Um, and it's just such a heartbreaking song. It kind of just touches on being at someone's funeral and how the the pastor didn't even know his name and 
I think everyone in the world can get annoyed when you go to a funeral and it turns into a, a sermon and you're like, that's not what I fucking want. I want to remember this person. I don't want to think about my mortality. I want to think about this person and how great they were and like what they would be doing. They, If I could like try to bargain and trade places, they would like just put all your arrows away. It's okay. Like I'm okay. And like, bumming cigarettes off saints and the imagery of like i he doesn't even believe in heaven but he he hopes he's in a better place and that this is just a fucking beautiful song um i'll bury your memories i'll um shit i gotta look it up i'll bury your (laughs) memories um in the garden i'll watch him dang it i had it memorized earlier I'll bury your memories in the garden. I'll watch them grow with the flowers in the spring. I'll keep you with me. Yeah. And then you get that yeah. like solemn guitar. It's uh it gives me chills every time. Yeah. Uh I have almost all of the same notes as you. <laughs> <laughs> uh the the only thing it's I don't know, it may be interesting, maybe not. If it's not, I'm sorry. But uh when I was a pastor and I moved to Minnesota to be a pastor full time, I did my first funeral up there ever. I didn't know anybody at the church that I got hired at, and uh, they were like, "Hey, you've got to do this funeral, uh, you know, Tuesday, whatever." And I was like, "I've never done a funeral. I don't know anybody either. Like, I have nothing to talk about." And the head pastor told me he was like, "Oh, it's fine. Just make it a sermon and talk about hell and heaven, and." do it that way. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. So I did this funeral for a family that I've never met before and just preached the whole time while the pastor was in the background, nodding his head, giving me thumbs up. Like you're killing it, dude. Yeah. Talk about hell more, man. Uh, and looking back on it now, it's disgusting that I did that. I hate it so much. Uh, and this song was written about me. that's true i mean you're just doing what you were told to do and i you're being too hard on yourself i think that that makes for a good story and a good anecdote yeah yeah but it it is and uh it is weird that that's what funerals have become you know what i mean yeah like it's it's not really celebrations of lives anymore it's more ceremony for most funerals that I've attended. You better get ready. You're next, son. What are you going? What are you going to do to get ready, son? <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I hate that so much. Yeah. Um. All right, it's time. We're going to Sister Cities, uh, from 2018. Uh, and the only note I have is it was released on February 18th, 2018. Um. Because I know nothing about this album. I don't think a lot of people do. So we're going to rely on you today, Chaz, to tell us about Sister Cities and about your track, We Look Like Lightning. We can talk about Sister Cities in general if you want and then talk about We Look Like Lightning. Uh, Well, I have no notes about the album as a whole. Okay. So That's fine. That's fine. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> Dang. Uh. I I love this album unashamedly. Uh, I don't think it's pop punk no. at all, but I feel like 
this album came about because this is just what I picture in my head. I don't think this is actually true, but this is the universe that I've created for it is that he just had a book of poems that he didn't know what to do with and he couldn't turn it into songs for normal the wonder years uh but all these poems were just had such strong imagery and such strong lines he's like man i want to do something with this so they made this album for it that's what it is in my head i Um, dig it yeah uh so the song we look like lightning uh i had actually had three songs from the album on my list to pick from because i like it so much and i went with this one um my notes here <laughs> uh this song during my sad and fat jazz days just always hit so hard <laughs> <laughs> um, i also i just love the idea of being on a plane and it's about to crash and you're such an annoying music person that you're like, let me pick the right song to die to. What like, song do you want to die to? Is so <laughs> funny, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I also think facing mortality, which they talk about a lot, but they talk about it a lot on this album, uh, is a really healthy thing to do. But it's a really hard thing to do, no matter which angle you come from, if you're coming from faith-based, not faith-based, like it, it's not easy regardless. And I really enjoy the way this song does it. Um, yeah. And uh, they have this one line in here that's just snuck in there. I'm a stranger in my bed. Like, I don't even remember the line before it or after it, but uh, just, I think that's line's so good. Like whether it's, because what you're going through or like you're disassociating or just all these different reasons, feeling like a stranger in your own bed is just such a weird thing to think about. But I think we've all been there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like who, who am, what have I become? Like, yeah, that's, and that's such a great way to put it. That is very poetic. And yeah, writing an album about like relinquishing control in your own life, whether that be like, I can't control what happens when I die. I can't control how I die. So, like, if it's out of my hands, I have to find a way to be at peace with it. Yeah. Uh, Also, the only other note I have is the bridge on this kind of gave me old school Thursday vibes, which I thought was fun. And very unexpected for this album. I think that's the fun of the album is that it doesn't feel like a Wonder Years album at all. Yeah, so it definitely a, doesn't. In a vacuum, it would be really good, but everyone has an expectation for its Wonder Years, yeah. which is unfair for them. Yeah, uh, we'll get to their newest album later, obviously, but I will say I don't think their new album would be as appreciated if they hadn't come out with this album. Yeah, 100%. And I wouldn't even call it a drop-off. It was just like a detour. Everyone, yeah. everyone yeah. has them. Um Let's talk about Burst and Decay. Um, it's They have two of them, but we're going to talk about Burst and, Burst and Decay 2, um, which came out February 14th, 2020. Um, Burst and Decay 1 came out on September 22nd, 2017. And the first Burst and Decay just had songs from Suburbia, The Greatest Generation, or No Closer to Heaven. 
and Burst into Decay 2 was a little bit longer, and it had songs from almost every album. Uh, the Upside, Suburbia, Greatest Generation, No Closer to Heaven, and Sister Cities. Um, which, that's actually how I heard a lot of the songs from Sister Cities that I liked for the first time, was just in a different way. It was packaged on um, Burst into Decay 2. So the song I want to talk about from Burst into Decay 2 is Washington Square Park. Um... I had a really, really rough January, and this song was, like, my chant of, like, I'm going to fucking get through this. I'm looking for positives. I'm looking for any glimmer of hope in my life. And, um, yeah, this song makes me, like, overly emotional listening to it because it's, like, it's so... I listened to this when it was on the upside. So, like, hearing it as an acoustic and, like, kind of updated, he's, like... Uh, we went to Washington Square Park to see if the tides would turn for me, and they did. Like, looking back, they did. The tides did turn for me. And so this is like a chant of, like, I'm taking any glimmer of hope in my life, and I'm putting it over my head because this rain's not going to get to me today. And it's just so fucking beautiful, and I love it so much. And it kind of reminds me of something you told me back in January. You were like, hey, man, you need to let yourself off the hook. And it was like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. So I fucking love this song and I fucking love you. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, we all have to let ourselves off the hook. Sometimes you can't be so hard on yourself 24 seven. That's not healthy. Uh, but you only learn that if you go through it yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the same lyrics though but i love one part in particular of the nailing shards of hope together like if you've ever done like a just even a home project and you're using a hammer and nailing shit together uh or if you've done construction and or roofing god roofing's terrible uh and like nailing something together is such physical labor uh and i love that he used that because it's hard to pull those pieces of hope together when you're down like that. And nailing shards together kind of gives you the image of like, it doesn't look good. It's not supposed to look good. It's just <laughs> like, it's something to put over your head to like, yeah, keep the bad shit out. Yeah. Uh, I also love just in general when pop punk bands do an acoustic album. Yeah. It's always so good. Yes. Even like the double kicks and the like, post chorus it's like yeah dun, 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 dun. like the song should be more and the drummer's like are we sure we're we want to play it this slow like <laughs> <laughs> we can pick it up if we want but yeah <laughs> this song it makes it hard to listen to the other version but because this one just like means so much to me now but both versions um are awesome and it it stylistically still fits their their sound now you know yeah, I, I also, I really like the melody of this song, which, I mean, I enjoy all the melodies of all their songs, obviously, because uh, we're just fanboying about them for this entire episode. <laughs> but this one in particular, uh, I don't know what it is. I just think it's it's almost calming in a sense, the melody that he chose for it. Yeah, the the people that are singing along with him in the chorus, uh, I, it sounds like two other people, and they're, one of them's a girl, and mm-hmm. like someone's like it happened again it happened again it's like almost like someone behind him singing and yeah it, it is like 
you're not singing it alone, just like you're not alone in this song. So it's, yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah, you ready to go to The Hum Goes On Forever? Absolutely. All right. We got our last three tracks. We're in the home stretch. Um, the, home go- the Hum Goes On Forever was released on September 22nd, 2022. The album consists of 12 songs, giving the listener insight and telling the story of what Soupy experienced and went through during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, we got to see him play one of these songs live for the first time at Ohio's for Lovers Fest, and we were like fourth row. That was an awesome set. Yeah, it, it was. Um, <laughs> what was it, Wyatt's song that we saw? Yeah. Play? Yeah. Very cool. Um, Low Tide is what we're going to talk about first, and okay. it's your pick, so I'll let you go. Uh, so Low Tide came out as a, a single before the album. Uh, and I don't I don't have when, but it was like midsummer ish, because I was in Florida, uh, and it was just a few months after everything had happened to me, like my life had fallen apart last year. I was in Florida with a buddy, and I was getting absolutely hammered every day. And then the next morning, I would go run on the beach, and it was just I don't know, it was weird that just picture in my head. But this song came out while I was down there. And I played this song on repeat for three miles while I ran on the beach one morning. And just every line of the song felt like he wrote it looking at my life. Uh, <laughs> it was it was so good for that in that moment. I mean, it's still amazing today, but you know how sometimes you have these songs that just hit at right where you are in life, uh, like the last one for you. And it's just it'll never not be that moment when you listen to it. Yeah. Uh, I'm making lists of shit I, to tell my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, I don't know. I'm staring at the wall because the only news is bad news. That's how we start it. And that, I think the chorus got everyone so excited. I remember Twitter just fucking blowing up because it felt like they were back to their roots of like, almost like suburbia like i'm growing out my hair because who gives a shit it's a very simple chorus but like it's another like empowering song we're taking life by the horns again um i don't know there's just everything trying to feel empowered but everything's still gray and it's probably how it's always going to be (laughs) you you realize in your 30s maybe i wasn't sad because of breakups i was sad because i'm a sad person and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have to deal with that now. Um, it's a weird realization in your 30s. And, you know, we've been along for the ride for the most part with him. So we completely understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Uh, and there, uh, there's this line in it that it almost feels like if it wasn't them, it would feel trite or like trying too hard or I don't know. It would feel something other than how good it feels in this song. Uh, The low tide at Serotonin Bay. Like, that's such a simple, stupid line. That's so stupid. But I love it. It's so good in this song. That's almost like uh, I need some vitamin C in my life, and it's like (laughs) spelled out like the ocean, S-E-A. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but it does work. Like, I don't know. There's sincerity in it, so it feels like it's it's okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> everything else is landed, so you get that pass. 
Yeah, Low Tide. I remember you submitted it for something la- at the end of last year. Maybe it was your top song of the year. Yeah, it may have been. And it got me listening to it again and that album again. And I was like, damn, this shit rocks. I forgot how <laughs> good that chorus was. Um, Doors I Painted Shut is the second song we're doing from The Hum Goes On Forever, which is your pick. Man, I'm really happy we're not ending on this one. Yeah, I, I switched <laughs> them around on purpose. Okay. We, we had to end on a positive note. Yeah, but you cannot end on this song. Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, man, my my first note for this song is just fuck. Uh, this, uh, man, I don't want to die alone, at least not without you. Uh, there's a draft from underneath a door I swore I painted shut. It's been years since I've been low like this. I don't like me. It's such a, like, down-tempo, the piano and it's beautiful uh and it's just like not pulling any punches about how sad you are uh and this is also a song that i don't feel like he overdoes it with the poetry on it like it's just straightforward like i am sad really fucking sad and i don't know what to do about it yeah there's something poetic in how simple it is because you could hear it for the first time and be like Oh, like this is a day ruiner, man. This song, <laughs> I text you on my way home from work. I was like, I didn't plan on fucking crying on my way home from work, but because this damn song, it came up on <laughs> shuffle and it just hit me at the right time. Yeah. And just like, it's been years since I've been low like this. Like you've been doing all this hard work and then just like one pull of the string, you're unraveling. And you know, it's just like, this song is like, it doesn't have any glimmer of hope. We're used to like, maybe a little sentiment at the end to be like, it's okay. I'll be okay. Like I'm, I'm finding something to get me by. And this one does not have that. The last line is just, I don't like me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And I, I like that there is no glimmer of hope in this one. Uh, Cause I think for a lot of people, myself included, when you are working through struggles or life or mental health or something until you accept how shitty things are, or like just the cards you were dealt suck whatever the situation is like until you have that moment of realization you can't get better yeah you can't just spin every negative into a positive you do have to face the negative yeah yeah that's a good way of looking at it um all right last track we're gonna end on a positive uh maybe the most rewarding song i think from the wonder years it's the song Wyatt's song, parentheses, Your Name. And it's like your favorite pop punk singer is a dad. And like it's a song about how happy he is and how scared he is to fuck up as a dad. And it's just, it's so heartwarming. This is a song we got to see live. And like I recorded Your Heartbeat, it's 133. And just like you just know he's the best dad. Like he's super present and like he's digging glass out with his fingers. Cause he doesn't want him to, when he's able to run, he doesn't want him stepping in the glass and just like everything he says, you're like, I love it. And like, he's still depressed, but he's got a job to do. He's got to be a dad now, <laughs> you know, like he's, he's got a purpose because he's got a little dude. He's got to protect and, and look after. And it's not just about him and his depression anymore. He's got to look out for somebody and that is such a like 
uplifting way to end the what we all what we talked about today yeah yeah uh and i think it also kind of harkens back to the uh i don't want my kids growing up to be anything like me like he wrote that song and then had his kid and wrote this song and i just it's beautiful the way that it changes yeah there's growth there's huge growth in the almost 10 years in between albums so yeah uh i don't know if i'm doing too many anecdotes here but no uh, i have another another one for this song uh so my girlfriend has a kid and i grew up spent my whole adult life thinking i didn't want kids and then now i definitely do it's the coolest thing in the entire world um and i remember the first night that i watched her son alone by myself because she was working nights and uh i'm kind of nervous because i think she can probably hear me talking about this but uh, i was in a panic that night i was the whole night like putting him to sleep watching him go to sleep i'm like peeking at his watching his respirations like making sure he's still breathing i am a full-fledged panic um and the next day i had to sit down and think about it like was i panicked because i thought something would happen and i wouldn't be able to handle it in a moment because that's silly like i'm a at least you know average paramedic i could handle a situation (laughs) (laughs) uh and it was really facing that thought that I'd carried with me for so long that I thought I would fuck up a kid just by being present in their life because of who I am. And that's what was scaring me. Like by watching him alone, like I'm entering a new phase of my life. Yeah. And uh that's that's what was scary to me. But it's been the coolest, most rewarding experience that I've ever had. Uh super neat and it was super fun to have the Wonder Years release the song and then me enter that phase too was pretty cool that's yeah that's amazing it's it's almost like they he his life is like taking on the same trajectory as everyone as everyone else that really enjoys them and sometimes it's not at the exact same time like sometimes albums hit at different times but yeah it's so cool that he they have a song for almost everything yeah yeah uh so there you go the Wonder Years Ultimate Playlist. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel like we had such a wide range of song styles and lyrics. Uh, I feel like we represented the Wonder Years well. Yeah, I think that was our biggest concern was trying to cover all the albums swiftly. I mean, we made it an hour and 15 minutes, so not bad on time, covering 20 songs. Um, and I don't know. Any closing thoughts before we go about the Wonder Years? Um, stop sleeping on the Sister Cities, man. Yeah, it's definitely gotten me back in, back in, and listening to it more. Um, I think I just I love specific albums, and sometimes my mood's like we're gonna listen to the Upsides today. We're gonna listen to the Greatest Generation today, and recently I. I'd made like a big Wonder Years complete playlist with all their songs on it. And then I hit shuffle and just whatever happens, happens. And oh, I, that's cool. I forget how much I just love every song they have. And mm-hmm. 
we talked about the our top 20 that we really love but really there's no bad ones there's ones that you won't 100 percent love but go out there i'm going to put the the wonder years complete in this playlist and you can just kind of discover it for yourself if you're interested in a band that has a huge discover discography covers a lot of topics covers a lot of different sounds and i think that's why i enjoyed this week so much was we both love the lyrical content but getting to listen to it more um like uh instrumentally was fun too yeah absolutely all right Chaz. thank you so much my friend for coming on oh thanks for having me and kevin thanks for letting me try to fill your giant shoes for a week i appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) that sounded like seth rogan i'm so sorry kevin Um, (laughs) that really did sound like (laughs) seth rogan (laughs) uh do you have a song of the show before we go uh i did not come prepared do you have one uh yes you want me to go first yeah okay um so my song of the show is from angel dust uh we talked about them for the windows down uh but they have a new song with matt Kareki's of or i don't even know how you say his last name the lead singer citizen uh, so oh, yeah. Angel Dust and uh, Matt Crickies of Citizen have a new song called Very Aggressive, and it fucking rocks. I love Angel Dust. I've been getting into them a lot lately. So, yeah, that's my song of the show. What about you? Um, I'm going to go The Devil Wears Prada, Sacrifice, Ooh. off their new album, which they released it, and then they took it away because they're re-releasing a deluxe version, which is super annoying. Yeah. But... Uh, so sacrifice isn't out again, but it's such a good song. From the color decay. Yeah, that would be another fun band to do a a complete or an ultimate playlist because that's a band that's changed drastically from the early years. They have the only the only kind of downer is they did not kill it live for me. Really? Yeah, I remember seeing them at. Uh, Warp Tour 2010, and they were really good, but I haven't seen them really? since. Yeah. I did uh, at the show that I was at, they were playing. I was right next to the singer's dad, which was kind of cool. He was oh. like, That's my son singing. And I was like, That's awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're from around here, aren't they? Yeah, they're all from Dayton. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Dang. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Thanks again, my friend. Uh, You enjoy your week. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. All right. All right, everybody. We got a little special ending to this episode. We wanted to have Kev on, talk about a song of the show. And we got a a bunch of song of the shows. We sent in the Discord last minute and just like always, they came through for us. Um, So... Kev, hope packing's going well. Hope the new move goes well. Uh, we missed you this week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going about as well as a person who doesn't prepare for things could go. So, um, I got, I don't know, I got to dust a bunch of shit. I, I still got to do dishes and shit. I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> It'll be fine. Most of my most of my stuff is packed up, but so I'm um, in boxes. So when the movers get here on Saturday, I'll be. It should be a quick quick in and out and i'll be moving small shit the next couple nights so well good luck 
Um, Thanks, man. Well, yeah, we talked a little bit before we did this that you didn't have the playlist yet, so um, you'll give us your thoughts next week, uh, next Monday. Yeah. And I'm sure Chaz yeah. is, is hanging is hanging by a thread waiting to hear it. Because <laughs> much like me, he he hardly knows you, but he values your opinion. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, that's a high compliment. I appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, I'll give it a listen. I was trying to listen to it yesterday, and I couldn't fucking find the link for it. So it's not like I didn't want to. I just couldn't find it. Um, and I've been so fucking scatterbrained this week. So it's uh, I'm sure it's, I just missed it. But I'll give it a listen tomorrow when I'm when I'm moving shit, and uh, I'll report back. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you got for your song of the show? So my song of the show is "Nothing Compares to You" from Chris Cornell. It's a live uh, acoustic performance he did for Sirius XM, uh, cover of a Prince song, uh, which Sinead O'Connor has also covered. But I fucking love this performance. I talked about it a little bit last week uh, on the Alice in Chains episode, just talking about Chris Cornell and Soundgarden. And Chris Cornell isn't the best vocalist ever, but to me, he's one of my favorites just because he's got this just deep, smoky tone really wide vibrato and just really nice control of his voice. And this is especially haunting because this wasn't too far before he was found in his, he had, you know, he hung himself. So um, it has a little bit of extra weight to it. Um, but yeah, man, uh, we, we lost a good one with uh, Chris Cornell and uh, yeah, man, it's, it sucks, but this, this cover is really, really, really good especially when he hits the chorus and just does his like classic Chris Cornell belts. And yeah, I, I suggest highly suggest everybody listen to this song. It's a classic like love slash breakup song. And uh, I just, I just listened to the Prince and Sinead O'Connor versions too. And I think I still like the Chris Cornell version, version better. Yeah. Lays it all out there for sure. Um, yep. I love, I love this hearing this because I've been, all in on MTV Unplugged ever since we've watched, or I put in the Alice in Chains and I watched it all. I laughed, I cried, I, I had a really good time watching it, so I'm just like I'm all in on live performances right now. It's, mm-hmm. maybe it's uh it's a sign that we should bring back the the anything you can, or however, however we worded the live playlist, that was a lot of fun to do. Um, uh, a little bit faster and a little bit worse. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I, I loved your pick. Um, We've also got some audience submissions, like I mentioned. Uh, Mason Miller says, all caps by Mid Villainy. Uh, we listened to it. Mad, 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 mad Villain. Mad Villain? There's not a Villainy? Yeah. Uh, the one I found, I don't, I, whatever. It's it's MF Doom's on the track. That's why I picked it. So, Gotcha. <laughs> he put mid vil- Mad Villainy, so that's how I copied and pasted it. But uh, let's say Mad Villain for the sake of argument. Um Everybody, I think, is still feeling Windows Downy because uh, today mm-hmm. was a nice day. So everyone submitting was like, we had a couple. I think ever since we had the Windows Down playlist come out, it's been like forty degrees in Ohio. So <laughs> yeah, we finally got a day where it's like fifty-five and starting to get a little bit warmer again. So I I love the the hip hop and it's 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 killer. Yeah, yeah. It, it, whatever the sample is and the, for the bed of this track, fucking it fucks. So. I, I love this track. I love the pick. Thank you, Mason. Thank, thank you, everybody, for submitting last minute. Uh, I'll hop right into Ben's pick, if you'd like. Cool. So Ben submit uh, Bricks by Dr. Fresh. Ben's been on the Dr. Fresh train for quite a long time. And it's fucking dope. It's deep bass stuff. 
Um, I don't know exactly what classification it would be in. Um, but yeah, it's, if you know, Ben, it's a very Ben pick. It's, it's, uh, I'm assuming about dealing drugs. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's really fucking cool. Good, good, good Dr. Fresh. Just what the doctor ordered this week. hundred percent. Every time I read that, I think of Frisch's. It's so close to being Frisch's <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that I really, I really just want apple pie or uh, pumpkin pie. Now. Frisch's. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that bass is funky. Even I mean, you were playing it through your mic, and I was listening. And I was like, "Dang, I, that's how you know the weather has got to us." Because even songs that I'm normally like, "Man," like that bass had me bobbing my head, ready to take Diesel on a little drive or something. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, Sammy well, submitted "Liquors and Whores" by Bubbles and the Shit Rockers uh, from Trailer yep. Park Boys. It's a it's a good old good one for sure. Uh, if you're not aware of Trailer Park Boys, it's probably not that funny to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bubble, Bubbles is great. Uh, Bubbles and the Shit Rockers are even better. And uh, this is a this is a it's fucking hilarious. That's all you really got to say. But just listen to it. You'll yeah, understand. yeah. It's like uh, ah shit. Who's that country singer that makes a bunch of funny songs? Hmm. I don't know. <sighs> Joke, Outside of my joke landed, there. obviously. Good job, <laughs> yeah. Dill. God bless. Great reference, Dill. Walker Wheeler Jr. Jesus, that was a long walk for a short drink of water. Um, yeah, it's just like a funny song, and it's it's okay because it's nice out today. Um, we've also got Louis Curran says "Perfect" by Logic. Um, I'd forgotten all about Logic until he was on the Theo Vaughn podcast a few weeks ago, and. Yeah. Good on Theo for making people relevant, but yeah, he's on the front part of my brain again. And hearing this, I was like, hell yeah! I forgot. I actually enjoy Logic. Yeah, Logic's super dope. I always forget about him too. Um, I think just because he got big when I was like not listening to hip hop anymore, and uh, I just always forget about him and how like actually excellent he is. And this song is is no no different. He's he's his flow's great. The beat's great in this song. Uh, yeah, I think he's one of the best out right now. So, our best around. So, yeah. So there you have it. There's our episode. Um, next week, do you have any idea of a playlist you want to do? No fucking clue, buddy. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll ponder it until then. Join our Discord, and uh, honestly, we might just give it to the Discord. Let them decide for us. I, I yeah. kind of like when we put it when we put it in their hands. So join our Discord. And uh, you'll be on the front lines of making decisions for us. Yeah. By the way, I know this is a an audio medium, but this is an all time shirt day for you and I. Yeah. I got my macho, I got my Macho Man Ooh Yeah shirt given the atomic elbow. You got your Bill Clinton for President shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking all time shirt day for the podcast. So. Yeah, I got this in Montana, and I have yet to wear it, but I saw it today, and today was the day. And you can tell yeah. you you've been digging through your laundry. You found a shirt you haven't worn <laughs> yeah. in forever. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I found this under my bed. I was like, "Oh shit, I forgot about this guy." So I tossed it on so I could go outside and throw away some some fucking garbage. And uh, that's a good yeah, feeling. This shirt. That's a great feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, join join our Discord. Join our Instagram. Instagram is at off the beaten cleft. Twitter is at off cliff. And um, email is off the beaten cleft at gmail dot com. So yes, sir. All right. We'll see you all next week. Bye.